You're listening to the Women of Worth podcast with Vicki Jacoby. Follow Vicki as she ponders anew the women of the Bible, the well-known and also the little-known. Women of Worth is not only a fresh look at scores of interesting biblical characters, but also a source of inspiration for daily Christian living. Now looking at, why did God choose Mary? For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes. Now here's today's teaching. Hello and welcome to WOW Podcast 10. This is going to be the conclusion for now on some thoughts and reflections on the life of Mary. The women that she knew, the men she knew, the life that God had in store for her. And I've entitled this lesson, Why Did God Choose Mary? I think that's a question we so often ask ourselves. And yet as we've reflected on her, seen her through different stages of life, I really think it's a great question to ask. Because if we can encapsulate that, it gives us hope and faith that if he chose Mary, he also has chosen us. And that if we can see the attributes in Mary's life and put them in our own life and grow and mature and develop, we can have confidence that he will continue to choose us just like he continued to choose Mary, even though at times we've shown she had periods of faithlessness, she maybe wobbled, life was hard. And yet, again, we see this woman from, I want to say, probably from 15, perhaps to 55, we know she died faithful and she had a huge influence on her family and obviously she bore Jesus, our Savior, the Messiah, that it just encapsulates our faith and just grounds us in an incredible way. So we're going to touch on a few of the things that we've touched on in the previous podcast, but just by way of introduction, let's go back. You know, we have Mary living out her simple faith under the old covenant. And really, in a lot of ways, she's a very unlikely choice to be the mother of the Son of God. In many ways, in the world's eyes, she was insignificant. That's a point where we can come into contact with her so often. We feel so insignificant. We're wrapped up in everyone else's lives. We're helping and serving, whether we're moms or daughters or businesswomen. There are so many things that just take away our significance. And yet what we see is God has eyes that see. Here she was engaged to a poor carpenter, a working man. She was young unnoticed, seems in a way unremarkable in human terms. And yet she has an epic encounter with the angel Gabriel. She believes his words, as we've talked about, and she's chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus, the savior of the world, and suddenly she's significant. What's she going to do? with this new status in her life. You know, women, I believe we are all women of worth. And there are times in our life where suddenly we go from insignificance to significance, which is what we see here with Mary. 
we know she rapidly gets this good news and she goes to see Elizabeth, her cousin, once barren and feeling all the social stigma of childlessness. She goes to be with Elizabeth to share in the connection that they have of motherhood. They go to be together to express songs of joy and to exult in the promise to come. For both of them have had a miraculous encounter. And carry the word of God. You know, for us, we too can carry the word of God by reading it, reading God's word, letting it sink deeply into our hearts by living it out. We too carry the living word like Mary and Elizabeth. Mary's song is known in Christendom as the Magnificat. It's from the Latin and it means my soul it magnifies. And that's the thing with Mary. When you go from insignificance to significance, it becomes larger. It grows. It just fills the room. And women of worth, that's what we do. As we start to believe in Jesus, in his salvation, in the plan of redemption, this glory, this magnificence, this thing that's growing within us it's like a child and it just bursts forth in so many ways and in song in our demeanor and in our presentation you know Mary's song reflects what's in her heart but really it's a mirror image showing us what is the heart of God what would today's anthem sound like What would a song reveal about human nature be written or how could it be written? And it tells us about the God of the universe. And when we're going back 2,000 years, we have so much science and history and geography to put all this together. But Mary was able to encapsulate the very essence of God. You know, even if we feel a little insignificant, or whether we feel that we're full of joy like Mary. With God, with the word of God, we become women of worth who truly are significant. You know, we looked at Luke 1 verses 46 to 55, which is just so much about Mary's song. We're going to touch on this, this heart of God, because I think we've got to get this essence and understand why God chose her so that we too can live in that chosen area. I think we've mentioned before, why did God choose Mary? The most common thing is it comes off the tongue. It's like, oh, she was a virgin. You know, few knew much about this young woman apart from the physical appearance, and she's always called the Virgin Mary. That becomes her title. History, music, and art portrays her with physical attributes. There's always a purity and a serenity, and it sort of almost puts her on a pedestal like she's out of touch. She's just floating a little bit off the ground. We never seem to see her really having interactions. She's just there in the background, and and that does her a disservice, I think, in so many ways. 
you know, but when we listen to her words, we see this joy, this vibrancy, this girl who is ready for an adventure. Who's going to move around and go to different countries? I mean, she's really not a wallflower at all. She is a significant young woman of faith. So let's make sure we don't put her out of reach, because if we do that, it takes away any of our responsibility to say, I too want to be that woman of worth. You know, there are other pictures of Mary that are very poignant that we've talked about. We remember her from John being at the foot of the cross at the end of her son's life. And what a tragic figure that was. Sometimes we avoid her since we've had a long-standing tradition of hearing perhaps uh, Orthodox or Catholic doctrine claiming her to be the mother of God and so that she should be worshipped. And Mary never accepts worship, never comes to be worshipped, but she does turn and worship her son. And these sort of external and physical things can sort of cause us not to really look at the heart and the soul that's revealed from these words. These words in the Magnificat tell us about Mary is that she was rooted deeply, foundational, and just formed in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, when Samuel looks for a king for Jesse's sons, we read that God doesn't look at these outward appearances, but he sought out a man after his own heart. That's in 1 Samuel 13, verse 14. So, yeah, from the outside, Mary's an unlikely choice. Young Jewish girl in her mid-teens. She's from Nazareth. We talked about this backwater village in occupied Palestine that's under Roman rule. Really, she's got no life experiences. She's poor. She's living with her family. And she's in this arranged marriage, engaged to Joseph. But her expression of her faith through the words of the song, when they're proclaimed, when she meets with Elizabeth, really reveal why she's God's choice. The first thing I think about is Mary's a friend, is Mary understands friendship. We know she goes to see Elizabeth, but how significant that is. Jesus needed to know how to have relationships and be born to somebody who was outgoing and willing and able to build friendships that had depth and maturity and spirituality. Luke 1 verse 46 to 49. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has looked with favour on the lowliness of his servant, Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. We know Mary exalts God. She makes him larger as he fills her world. She's expressive, she's joyful, overflowing with this confidence that he is her saviour. Clearly she desires to know him more, although she realized she doesn't deserve this special place. But she really has this two-way friendship and understanding with her mighty God. To be women of worth, we need a friendship with God. It needs to be a dialogue that we need to read so that we can hear God's voice. We need to pray 
we need so that God can hear our voice. You know, it's not just good enough to think, oh, God knows all things. You know, last week we did delve into Luke 24. But when Jesus comes alongside people in times of doubt, in times of trouble, and that's so important that we have this relationship, that we can have friendships where we can invite people in to come either into the boat, into our life, to have that friendship. Mary invites God in when she accepts what the angel has to say, but she has to listen to God's words. We must, women, make sure we are listening to God's word, that we are hearing his voice through scripture, but also through meditation and knowing that if we're connected with him, we will resonate with our Lord and Savior. So Mary, we know, exalts God. God has a cares for Mary and he knows that his care for Mary, for the Israelite people, his plan for the future, the, the redemptive side to him, is the cause of her rejoicing, even though she was, in a way, insignificant in this backwater town. And she may be insignificant on the outside or to the outside world, but she is not insignificant to God. And we must always remember that our friendship with God makes us significant because he's a friend. We have a friend. The second thing I think about is Mary understands that she's been bestowed a favor. In a sense, she understands God's mercy. She understands God's nature. Verses 50 to 53 in this song, which show us the heart of God, but reflect the heart of Mary as well. There's two, these This dynamic duo says, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He's scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Things that matter to God also matter to Mary. A lot of times I can get worried and upset, a bit like Mary and Martha. We're talking about a different Mary here. And I can be troubled. And I think of Jesus coming to Martha and saying, you're worried and upset about many things, but Mary's chosen what's better. It's a choice between good, better and best. And I think here we see Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's chosen what is best. She has chosen that what matters to God also matters to Mary. Sometimes I need to get recentered. I can get off on a track, but saying, what matters to God? And Mary, as a young woman, was able to encapsulate that in her thinking and her understanding. She understood that he favors the humble, not the mighty. Those who fear the Lord, who show reverence and respect, will be entitled to position and fullness because God has shown them mercy. Those who think that they're of a higher standing, whether they think they're leaders or they're in the upper class or they're better educated, wealthy, or by society standards, they're successful, will in fact go away empty and miss the mark. They'll be at zero on the scale or on the bottom rung of the ladder and outsiders with God. That's what makes Mary significant is because she understood that. And God favors the humble 
He favours the grateful. Mary has all of these qualities. It's good for us to think about our humility. It's really good to think about what am I grateful for? Sometimes just having that thing at the end of the day to say three things I'm grateful for before we go to bed. Grateful for being woken up to a new day. We take it for granted sometimes our health. It's amazing what just slips on by. However insignificant Mary's position was in society, she was significant to God on the inside. And for that reason, he chose her. It's incredibly ironic, but it's her son who is going to be sitting on the throne. 1 Samuel 2 verses 1 to 10 echoes very similar sentiments from Hannah. And this being deeply rooted, having this foundation, not just the favour, but the foundation, your roots in the Old Testament is so important. And Hannah, a thousand years before, was able to express God's favour and her situation and how the world would be turned upside down. Mary's encapsulated this, and these two marginalized women raise their voices to acknowledge that God has a transforming power, and it is unequal to anything that the world has to offer. So Mary finds favor. She's also deeply rooted and formed in spiritual text. The other thing we see about Mary is she's faithful. And we know that lovely passage that we see in Acts chapter 1, where she's back up in that upper room and she's waiting for the Spirit to be sent. And she's there, I totally believe, on the first day of the new uh, entering of the church, the new part of the kingdom being revealed. But in Luke 1, 54 to 55, we see this faithfulness come out in her song. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary understood God's promises and his plan of salvation for all of human history. You know, in our turbulent world, sometimes we forget that God is in control, that he has a plan, because so often We're wanting him, we're trying to mould him into our plan, whereas actually we need to be moulded into his plan. You know, all through scriptures from Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 3, the promises have been made by God for all nations through to the Exodus story and to the liberation of the Hebrew people through a commitment that is now renewed by the birth of Jesus. There is a thread It's a golden thread that runs right through the scripture about the Messiah and his coming. This promise of redemption is what we long for, to be redeemed from this empty way of life. But when we get redeemed, it makes us now significant. And it's so exciting to see this woman of worth. But the promise of redemption and this covenant is now extended through Mary. And it's for all eternity. The help is from God, not by any of man's incredible ingenuity or scientific creation, but it's all through God's mercy and God's love for his creation. God is faithful and Mary is aware of his faithfulness. 
I know I've suggested before, but write down the faithfulness in your story where God has shown up and triumphed over incredible odds. As I said, I tend to do it by location, places where I've lived. That's where I remember. But it helps me so much just to remember his faithfulness to me, even in times when I feel like I don't know where I'm going or what is going on. It's not by our own ingenuity, our own creativity. It's by our humility of understanding who our great God is. So however insignificant or small our gathering is compared to all these political powers and maneuvering and all the things that are going on, God is in control. God is sovereign over history and he's sovereign over mankind. And we need to just remember that that his faithfulness endures forever. And there are so many wonderful songs that sing that. So in conclusion here to our series and even to these thoughts here, God chooses Mary because of her friendship, because she's got a genuine relationship with God. She shares her friendship with Elizabeth and expresses her wonder of God openly. It's not a hidden praise. God chose Mary because he favours the humble, the meek, the lowly, not only in social status, but especially in personal qualities. God chose Mary because she understood his faithfulness through history. She understood his plan of redemption. Mary understood that life was about the community of God and not individual gain. So perhaps a couple of thoughts about application. Would God choose me? Would God choose you? Yes, he would. Because I believe we are women of worth because we love his word. We want to be like Mary. We're willing to have friendships. We're willing to understand the formation of having deep foundations in his word and having his favor, that it's God's favor, not our cleverness, and that it's his faithfulness, and that we are aware of his sovereign will through all of history, over all the nations, over the entire universe. I believe God would choose you, but we need to walk in friendship, favor, faithfulness, And then we too can go from being insignificant to significant and women of worth. God can use insignificant if there's humility. Question I have to ask myself, am I happy with my circumstances? Or do I seek wealth and position instead of spiritual value? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wealth and position, but when our confidence is in that, We need to make sure that we go back and check our heart. Otherwise, what's important to us is not necessarily going to jive with what's important to God. And we can get misaligned. Do we know our history as a covenant people? I mentioned this last week, but Psalm 105 and Acts chapter 7 are two places where that Stephen and the psalmist are able to give a condensed form of the Israel's history. 
It's great to know our own history, but it is great to know the covenant history of the covenant people. The other things are just making sure, like Mary, am I familiar with songs? Do I listen to worship music? Do I read psalms that give praise about our heritage and that give glory to God? You know, Mary, you can tell from her relationship, she adores God, and that is able to transfer over. Like I said, for me, learning to adore something shows up in what I put my time, my effort, my money. What do I glory in? What do I joy? What do I go to? And it's sometimes good just to be honest with ourselves. And some say, oh, I need to tweak that. I need to change that. Because we can get off track. Things can become more important than they are. And that's where being a woman of worth and understanding our significance can really help. And we can then look to Mary and say, I want to be like her. I'm going to remember her as this faithful woman who found favor with God, who was friendly and understood friendships and understood in a way the need to learn and grow and ask others, like having this mature relationship with Elizabeth. So am I familiar with songs of praise and psalms of adoration? And really understanding just that we can feel insignificant in this life, but there is a life to come. But we don't know also the history that's going to happen after our life. We don't know what necessarily the impact of our life is going to be. Mary had no idea what was going to come after her life. And we look back and reflect on her from 2,000 years, and we're able to see, whoa, what a woman of worth. Just like for us, we may not know in our lifetime what role we played, the significance we had, and we may feel like, oh, I feel overlooked. But truthfully, if we're friendly, we understand God's favor, and we're faithful to his word to the end. We are significant. We are women of worth. And we will be blessed because of that. And future generations will also call us blessed. Thank you. Thank you for listening. But for now, this will be a conclusion on some of my thoughts and ramblings. Um, and just the joy of really having Mary as a role model. Truly a woman of worth. And truly, I know and understand we too want to be women of worth. We hope you enjoyed Vicki's teaching on women of worth. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave a review on the podcast platform you tuned in from. Those reviews help to make sure that more people can discover the value of the Women of Worth podcast. Thank you again for listening.